Upstream with Jim and John, father and son conversations about discipleship and culture in the Pacific Northwest. I'm John. And I'm Jim. And today we're coming to you from beautiful Estes Park, Colorado. In fact, we're at the YMCA of the Rockies. Who knew? It's not like uh, the village people singing YMCA. This <laughs> place is actually amazing. They have a giant ranch here with all kind of stuff. And we rented a cabin and we're on a family reunion, I guess is what you'd call it. A yeah. Family reunion. Yeah, it's weird thinking about it that way because it's just our immediate family, but we're so spread out. But we are reunioning. It's a reunion, yeah. And so that's our topic today, actually. We want to talk to you about um, adult siblings and families staying connected over the long haul. Um, I know I grew up in a family where we kind of fragmented after a certain point, and we want to talk about the importance of and maybe some um, tips about how to stay connected as a family. And then we're going to talk about some also, some migration. There's a lot of political migration going on. People want to relocate, change states. We're going to dive into all of that in a shorter than normal episode. And we have a guest today. We've invited John's older brother uh, to join us. So Tim, my oldest son, is also here. Say hello, Tim. What's up, guys? Hey, so, man. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's get started. So first of all, um, I want to go back to when we left Texas because... Um, John, you were but a wee little lad. You have no memory of Texas whatsoever. I have I have a memory of Texas. I have my first ever was in Texas. <laughs> oh, really? What, what What's your mem- What's your earliest memory? In life? I'm, uh, well, it seems like I'm in a massive, massive house. I'm sitting on the floor. It's a wood floor. Everything in my memory, everything's wooden. The floor and the walls and everything. And a big yellow dog walks up to me, and it's like taller than my head. And that was it. That's the whole memory. That's the whole memory. That's the whole thing. Well, in fact, that house we had in Prosper, Texas, was an entire wood floor. My brother and I installed it ourselves. And so the wood floor is right. It was brown brick, so it was okay. a brown interior. So that's pretty good. My eyes were so bad, it probably I would have thought of anything. <laughs> I thought we were in a cave or something. Who knows? Tim, how old were you when we left Texas? I believe I was 10. That might be right, because we went to Deer Lodge, Montana, and you went into the 5th or 6th grade, maybe the... I was actually Maybe. going into, it, it had to have been sixth. Yeah, because then you did the sixth and seventh grade there. Yep. yep. So, um, you know, uh, our family has moved uh, a big move from Texas. Um, all five kids had already been born. Then we moved to Deer Lodge, Montana. We're there for two and a half years. Then we moved to Denver, Colorado. Mm-hmm. We are there for nine years. And then um, we moved to um, Olympia, Washington. And so been there for 10 and a half years. So kind of what happened is our family started to fragment. There was a point at which all of us lived in Denver together. And then some went back to Colorado. Then now, After we moved to Washington. So that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah, we, yeah. Were, we At one point, only some of us moved. Then some came and joined us. So there was a point where every part of our family was in Washington. But now we have Tim in Phoenix. We have Christina in... Denver with two grandsons. Tim and Brittany have given us a granddaughter. And then uh, Bethany's in Denver, but she's about to relocate to Olympia. So uh, we've been all over the place. So what I first want to talk about is what was the impact of our family migrations? This is just just an early part of the story. But John, what, what was it like for you? You know, what do you think about those moves? What comes to your mind? Uh, really, the only big ones for me were from... 
uh, Denver to Washington because that was, we were there from my ages of like six to 15. And so that was, you know, the bulk of my, uh, like adolescence or I don't know what developmental stage you would call that. But, uh, then I've been in, uh, now we've been in Washington longer than we were in Denver, which is super weird. Uh, but a big part of that individually is, you know, where I would call home or, or what kind of culture I come from is a little harder to pin down. But as far as the family goes, it really is just that we kind of left breadcrumbs as we go. Yeah. And as far as the family, the older siblings, cause Julie is the oldest and she's mm-hmm. 10 years older than I am. And so her home is Texas. So when, you know, when, when we all think of home, we probably all come up with some different answers. Well, they say that wherever you were in middle school is what you'll always consider home. Is that true for you, Tim? Where were you in middle school? <laughs> you were partly Deer Lodge, partly Denver. Yeah, I kind of had a split there. So home, definitely. Where do you, cons- where do you call home? I think... Where are you from? <laughs> <laughs> I think that because I landed in such a strange spot that I consider both Texas and Colorado my home. Okay. Um, because my formative years, uh, that I would like to call my formative years was when I started riding dirt bikes, right. which happened in Texas. We did a lot of dirt bike riding in Texas. Yeah. And then, then you got, the cool thing about Montana is you could push your bike out of our garage, push it about two blocks, hop on it and ride to the dirt. <laughs> exactly. And so there's a lot of fun there. But yeah, I kind of, I kind of deleted the Montana part out cause it was pretty, it was awesome, but it was just not, I mean, we weren't there long enough to really create well, a I was, lot of Yeah, we were only there two and a half years and I was just thinking as we were starting to talk here that you didn't complain about leaving texas because you were young enough you know no big deal right you did complain about leaving montana you didn't want to go uh but then you got to denver and you fell in love with it right so what would you say is the impact of our family migrations in these three locations well luckily for me the migration from texas to montana and then montana to colorado my ties in those places were so loose that it really didn't have a a huge emotional or mental impact. There was the feeling of adventure. And so that was fun. Yeah. Um, and that pretty much outweighed any ties I might've had to the previous location. So I really didn't care at all. I was just down for the ride. Yeah. And I might be what you called the sentimental type. (laughs) (laughs) It was, it was, uh, tricky for me. The, the, again, the, uh, Colorado to Washington, but it's funny that when you talk about home, for me, it's Washington, and I got there my freshman year, so just past what you would say was mm-hmm. the, the uh, middle school metric. But uh, okay, yeah. so when my so thinking about my own family mm. uh, that I grew up in, my dad died when I was sixteen. We were we were thick and tight at that point. So I'm sixteen, my younger sister's fourteen, then I've got an eighteen and nineteen year old sibling. So we're tight, we're thick as thieves. But then I go to college, Janice goes to college. They start getting married, and there's drift. And I would say, then we had these family reunions that we went to. So as long as we lived in Texas, we would do these family reunions. We were somewhat connected, but our family drifted. And much to my disappointment and probably my own fault, um, I felt very disconnected from my siblings for probably 20 years. Mm. So my question to you guys is, how has living in several states made your sense of connection to your siblings. What's that like for you now? Well, with the sisters, I I have a very special connection with my sisters. We literally will not see each other for two years, with, especially with the pandemic. We hadn't seen each other for a couple of years, especially, well, not especially, but Tina and Bethany, I hadn't seen them in two years. I saw Julie, luckily, because after I had my daughter, 
uh, Julie flew out and saw us and was just helping around the house and mm-hmm. just being an awesome sister. Yeah. But even though I hadn't seen Tina in two years, as soon as I see her, we pick right back up again. It's like it never happened. We, so you would say you feel connected to them to this day? Yeah, but it's in a, it's in a it's a special kind of lad way, man. It's not we don't <laughs> we don't text every day. We don't keep in mm-hmm, touch, but mm-hmm. as soon as we hang out, we have so many stories to swap, and it's that fun time of reconnecting. And it's we just never dropped a beat. There's no uncomfortable phase. Let's right put it that way. John, what's it like for you? Because you then went away to college, you've gotten married. Now you only have you know one sibling in Washington. What's it like? And you're all the way in Arizona, Tim. Now think about it, but. What's it like for you, John? Uh, what's your sense of connection to your siblings um, across geographical distances? Yeah, it's it's really similar uh, with the sisters because, like, with uh, Bethany, who we were th- were the closest in, yeah, or she's closest in age to me. So growing up, we were like the the uh, the duo, yeah. And so with her, we'll text every now and again, mostly about like movies or something or or some music or things like that. Um, but it's similar to where when I see her, it's like you know nothing, no time has passed. Uh, Tim is really the only one that I that I talk to regularly because we play games together or we'll text each other about you know random things, funny things. So me and Tim are probably the one, the most in contact. And then um, with Julie in the state, I've been really grateful because when the the babies start coming out, the nieces and nephews, it sucks when they're far away. That's that's when it really emphasizes the distance. Mm-hmm. So Julie, I was grateful that she had the two kids when she you know she was lived in Washington and got to spend a lot of time with them. Uh, but Tim's new daughter Taylor, I just now met her this this week, and she's now five months old. And then uh, uh, Tina's two kids, Riley and Jameson, I've, I haven't spent a ton of time with them. So that's when it gets the hardest, is uh, is when the the kids come out. But uh, but it's similar to Tim's, where it's not a ton of um, messaging, but it uh, it's it, an instant reconnection. It feels natural, together. or it feels yeah, it feels like not a ton of time has passed. There's not like awkwardness, I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're not really an awkward family, are we? Yeah. No, so. <laughs> Um, so when I think about, uh, that brings us to really what we're doing here in Estes Park. We've, we've started, we started two summers ago and now we're going every year. This is the second one, but, um, we kind of do a deal where Sue and I give a gift to the family. We pick a spot and everybody has to just get there and then we'll pay all the bills. So, uh, our first trip was Anaheim and we rented this giant house. Tim, you weren't able to go because of work. You had to start a new job, couldn't get off work. Uh, but everybody else was there, and we had this huge house in Anaheim with a pool in the yard. We did Disney. We did the beach. Pretty cool. Then this time, we're at a cabin in Estes Park, Colorado, and everybody's here. So um, what do you think are some ways to prevent siblings from drifting apart? So I know I've tried Marco Polo. We do this. I do a thing called the thought of the day or the word of the day. And we are all on this Marco Polo thing. We've done family Zoom. Uh, we did every Christmas Eve. We kind of Zoom together for Christmas mm-hmm. Eve, and we open our gifts together over Zoom. That's kind of cool. What what else? What what has been working for you, or what do you think uh, might be some ideas? Well, the um, the video technology specifically has been huge because texting is is you know it's nice, but the Marco Polo thing has been massive for the family. Just to like everyone. Things that don't really, like, not big life updates, but you go so long without talking to somebody, mm-hmm. and you don't know when they've got small things, like a new right. tattoo or something like that. And, and and doing something like a Marco Polo or a Zoom, you, you just catch up with the small stuff about your life. Um, I wanted to ask you, actually, because you said you had this experience with your siblings that you kind of regretted for, for a span of time where you were disconnected. Mm-hmm. Using Having that kind of background, do you have 
more insight into ways that you could have prevented that or ways that you could do better now? Or? Well, now this is an interesting uh, part of the story. And Tim, I want to give you a chance to speak about the technology of things are you connected how you feel connected through that i know sometimes you'll marco polo underneath a car and going here's what here's the here's the that. thing i'm working on and i'm <laughs> i gotta rebuild this thing and I love we that love that that's the kind of daily updates you would get if you were sitting around the dinner table together right, right. so that's kind of cool but what's what's it like for you there or what would you think is important or helpful staying connected long distance well, I mean, first and foremost, like our family from the get-go has always been so tight-knit. Like we have had our family feuds or whatever, little squabbles between mm-hmm. siblings, but like we've always been really tight. And so jumping into something like a digital platform is just easy because we have no it's not no awkwardness or yeah, it's no it's no, there's no awkwardness. No baggage. I have no problem standing in my living room and just talking to my phone and broadcasting to my family. Mm. Obviously that's not Facebook live. That's not, you know, Instagram, right. whatever. It's just to my it's just family. Us so and I can feel super, yeah, I can feel super comfortable with that. This isn't a plug for any kind of digital right, platform, right. but it's super awesome because if you are in, in, you know, in a situation where you can't really talk to your family mm-hmm. And you don't really connect on that way. It's like just hearing somebody's voice on the phone is great. And getting a text from your brother that you haven't talked to in a month is great. But seeing people's faces and getting that nice uh, roundabout going where it's now it's your turn. You talk to me. You talk to me. And if you have a big family like ours, it is invaluable to see that happening. And, you know, the word of the day and all that stuff. Like we Mm -hmm. do this. Well, I'll let you talk about that. But just keeping each other connected has been so much easier now. Yeah, facial it. expression and stuff like that is really helpful. Yeah. Plus, you know, Sue and I will FaceTime each of the families that have children out of state so that we want those babies to recognize our faces and our voices oh, yeah. right, right. so that when we get together like this, they're not like, who are you? <laughs> and uh, it's been really cool because they do recognize our faces even on the yeah. phone and, and on FaceTime. So my siblings, here's where we're going to get a little bit vulnerable because I would say... Uh, I lost I lost connection to my siblings because I felt like the weird guy in the family. I didn't f- feel like I was necessarily like them. Mm. So our values were felt different to me. We were ge- I was the one who left the geography, so they were still in the same region. I was the one who left. Um, there were uh, th- and so as I increasingly when I would come home for events, which weren't you know, more than once a year, sometimes once every two or three years, it was a little awkward. Oh. Uh, I didn't feel like it was right back into where we were. I think they felt that way. And this is where I think it might have been my fault. I felt like I was the oddball out because I because I was felt so different than them. And so I, I, I think that my confession is I withdrew. Mm. And I did not have the value... Uh, for it that I wish I had had. This is a regret of mine. So I remember at my stepdad's funeral, this is just a handful of years ago, um, we were all there because I did his funeral. And uh, me and my siblings went out to breakfast together the next morning. And that was the first time the four of us had sat down in over a decade. Wow. And so it it was a serious reconnection time. So then um, I I made an effort to get to the family reunion the next year. And then we had another, maybe it's two years later, and we had another sibling, you know, we I got them in a huddle and I apologized for being distant from them. I told them how much they meant to me and that even though we're, and so now we use Marco Polo. We have a Marco Polo with just our siblings. 
And uh, it's not a daily thing, but certainly every seven to ten days, we're messaging each other on there. We're seeing each other's faces. Sure. And there's a bit of a reconnection. So I guess my concern as your dad is I don't want you guys to lose connection. Sometimes Sue and I say, well, let's just rent them all a thing. Let them all go be siblings together. We don't even need to be there. You don't want to do that. Because what we want more than anything is we want you guys connected to each other. Now, why would you say you don't want to do that? Because we need a chaperone, man. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I hadn't thought of this until you were talking about it, but because you left your... Family, your siblings, you were the you were the the one who traveled. I'm the one that left town, right? Since we kind of like got shotgunned across the country, mm-hmm. the awkwardness might not be there because there is no in group and out group. Everyone's just spread out. Everybody's out. So if, well, yeah, it's like exactly. <laughs> yeah. So if like one of us left and everyone was still in Colorado, maybe it would start to feel that way. But that's also effort. probably why they parented in that way because Dad had such a uh, an an escapist route out of that scenario that he was in. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe because he felt that he wasn't close enough to his siblings that he kind of just tried to lead us into that with our, you know, me and you and right. our sisters. And that worked out flawlessly if that was your goal. Well, and it was. But here's the thing, you know, that my mom and I talk about. My dad was the glue that held everybody together. Right. Mm-hmm. He was the perfect party host. He was the one who made, who connected everybody. He was the funniest. He would, you know, he, he was the energy. He was the guy. And so once he was gone, that energy dissipated. So I, I you know, I, I don't want to go dark here, but I do want you guys to be sustainably connected even after I'm gone. And so that's a big desire I have. Now, yeah. um, what we're doing now is we're staying connected with these tools. We're staying connected with these annual trips for those who can make it. And I think, you know, planning them far enough in advance, almost every time everybody can make it. But now we've had this conversation about, uh, you know, we kind of hit this groove where we're in this pattern. Bethany's about to move back to Washington. So there's now going to be, you know, three siblings in Washington, uh-huh. uh, one in Arizona, one in Denver. So th- this connection still is this way. But then today we had a big family conversation on the deck about the desire of some of our family members to migrate. Now, some of that migration is, I would call, political. Yeah, kind of tired sure. of the... And this is the Washingtonians who want to get back to a more a culture that more matches their uh, values or their, I don't know, I'm calling it political, but I don't mean it's it's not purely political. It's really cultural. Well, yeah, sure. It's definitely cultural because, I mean, the, the types of people that you migrate to, you tend to vote with as well. I yeah. mean, it's not just your, your political party of choice. It's it, Those people act the way you act pretty Predominantly. Yeah. And think the way you think and, think and you think, value yeah. what you value. So there's a there's a lot of and, – and it's interesting, Julie being the Texan, she's really the Texan in the family. She is, right? yeah. And she's the one yearning to get back there. So now she and Brian talking about, you know, moving maybe not in too far future. Well, then Bethany, who works for Julie, says, well, if you go, I go. And now, Tim, you're even saying, and Brittany is enthusiastically saying – my wife's an adventurer, man. She just lives on let's do this, let's make it awesome. Like when we moved to Washington for the first time, granted that didn't pan out for the long haul, but mm-hmm. she had a blast getting there. She had a blast doing the let's move into a new place, yeah. the, the new adventure. And she, it, as soon as Julie said Texas, Brittany, before even I could, and I've always been an advocate for Texas, yeah. before I could say a word, Brittany is jumping out of her chair, we're going to Texas. Okay, so... <laughs> That means we could end up with uh, three siblings in Texas, 
while uh, Sue and I and John and Lindsay remain in Washington. We kind of feel like that's our home. Yeah. Um, Sue and I really think we'll be buried there, but we hope to, in retirement, have maybe uh, tiny living spaces or an airstream, and we just go from make the circuit. But the point is, we're going to be in Washington. They'll be in Texas. Bethany, I mean, Tina still stays in Denver. Mm. So we remain scattered. And um, I guess my question is, uh, first of all, how do you feel about the the migration patterns? Because we've already moved so much, is this a no? Is this a non sequitur? Is that a right word, John? Non sequitur? Uh, I don't think so. Okay, well, I just, maybe. Uh, well, let's 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 <laughs> <laughs> Okay, this is maybe a, a non event. It's a it's sure. A, it doesn't it doesn't matter all that. It's much inconsequential. That's way better. Okay, so uh, is that how you feel that it's no big deal, or do you feel like, well, wait, this is a thing? Well, I look at it not so much in the sense of, hey, we all need to be in the same spot for ease of access. Because with the now post-COVID world, Mm -hmm. people are flying again. It's not that big of a deal. What would make it easier is if you had more people in fewer places. Right. So if it was only two places. Exactly. So if I was not, because I'm the only sibling in Arizona, Mm -hmm. if I was one of two siblings in Texas... And one of one si- one of one sibling in Colorado, and then the rest in Washington. Right. We got the Rocky Mountains covered. Yeah, we just yeah. fly up and down that that, that right. mountain range, and we're good. It feels to me like, uh, again, like you said, we would still be going from a three state family to a three state family. Uh, but also with the moving, uh, it was interesting to when I first met Lindsay. Her family's been in that region of uh, Washington in uh, Lake Stevens area, Granite Falls area, for like four generations. And it was weird to be like, whoa, like an actual native, because we just been around so much. Uh, but it feels like the um, spread out family across the country is very, it's more common and it's very American. I feel like because the country's so big, right. lots of yeah. people have this problem. Yeah. Uh, and that's why I thought we should do an episode on it, because yeah. I think there's lots of families that are scattered across the country. Yeah. And so I don't think when we talk about this really cool idea of everyone, like, because they even want to be on, like, one plot of land. Like, yeah, I mean, a, that's the, like that's compound. part of that conversation was, why don't we buy 60 acres, right? and we'll all put houses on the 60 acres, and we'll get the band back together again. And that's and it's beautiful, and I love the idea. <laughs> but it's tough to, not everybody can do that. We can't even do that, really. You yeah. know, like you said, we have homes, like, we're, we've, we've put down roots in different areas. Right. So uh, I think it is good to have tools to stay connected, because it's I don't know. So my question is, do you resent that, though? Do you resent that some... Because you're going to go from two more siblings near you to none. Well, for me... Would that bother you? If I got to fly, I got to fly. So if I'm going to... If I fly to Colorado or Texas, it doesn't matter so much. Uh, And yeah, it would bother me because, like you said, then the... Then I'm the... You're the outsider. outsider, If the whole clan is is in Texas. But at the same time... I don't know if Tina listens to this, but Tina, we're sorry that you're going to be in Colorado all by yourself. Because if you just felt, if you said that makes you feel like the outsider, we don't want Tina to feel like the outsider right. in Denver. So this is why one of the reasons we got to work harder at staying connected because, you know, she's single parenting, two boys, and she's in Colorado with no siblings, no parents. So it's really important that we make this a priority well, to connect to each other. And for me, that's what I would say is, is commending you on is that it has been a priority. These trips... Uh, this is the, I think, only the second official one that we've, mm-hmm. like, called kind of like a reunion-style thing. Uh, but the uh, purposefulness of that and of the Marco Polo, and I think, uh, like we've talked about mindfulness or, or um, I don't know what the word would be here, but just generally making it a priority and making and making active decisions 
And not one day just thinking intentionality. Like, oh, intentionality. That's the exact word I was looking for. And not just going, I wonder why I don't hear from my siblings very often. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So I think we have the, we have the tools now better than ever. And so if it is too unreasonable to be on a homestead in Texas, then there are there are ways to uh, soften that blow, I guess. Okay. So I have a question for for you, Tim. And I want you to predict how your other siblings might feel. So this oh, is dear. this is a vulnerable question. <laughs> John and I have this thing. We get to do this podcast together. Yeah. So every week we have these conversations. And probably at one night a week, you and Lindsay are over at our house for dinner. Yeah. So we have a lot of traffic pattern and we get to do this thing together. Mm-hmm. And I know, Tim, that on Monday mornings when the podcast drops, you're probably one of the first two or three people that listens to it. Oh, yeah. You listen to it every Monday while you work. And in some ways, it makes you feel connected to us. Is there any part of you that goes, why does John get to do this? Why aren't I the one that gets to be this close? Or are you jealous at all of, of what he's doing here? I got to be honest, man. Like At first, it was like, I wish that was me. Mm-hmm. I wish I, like, why couldn't it be a trio? Mm-hmm. I understand. Like, I, that's a that's just a dumb thing that my brain did. It's not dumb. That, well, no, but I'm not there. I can't I can't phone it in. Of C- course, we could do Zoom, but I'd have right. to buy all the podcast right. equipment. We'd have to sync audio. It'd be a real pain. So, I get that. That So, that, that initial, hey, this is, I wish I was there, it never right. bothered me. I just wished I was there. Yeah, you, wanted, yeah. you just want to be a part of it. Right. So, but, uh, the like, when I was a kid... I don't know if you remember, Dad. Every single sibling said that you spend too much time with me. They did, yeah. It was funny because um, if you asked any of the kids who Dad's favorite was, yeah. most of them would say, well, Tim's his favorite. But if you ask any of the sibling who their favorite was, they'd all say, John. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we, you, were, you, were, uh, you were a dirt bike family before you had kids, before Sue, yeah. before Mom. And so that kind of dropped in onto me, and I absolutely ate and that. And you up. fell so in love with dirt biking, and that takes time. That yeah. takes money and time. And, the me- and some people yeah. viewed that as preference. Well, because the 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 monetary investment and the emotional investment mm-hmm. and the time investment all and combined. We had these dads and sons, and we all raced together. It, there was a time, yeah. you know, I I quit. I raced my last time when I was forty eight years old. Yeah, like that's so that's, that's awesome, yeah. dude. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. So, do you think do you think the siblings have anything like uh, me and John getting to do this? Is there any sense of I don't I don't think jealousy is the word I'm looking for. No, it wouldn't be jealousy. It would be it would be um, well, maybe they a little bit envious, but not not in, not to the point where it would be considered wrong or weird. Yeah, they probably just look at it and go, "Man, that's cool." Yeah, man. That's I tell really you, cool. there was an episode, John, that we did on. The Five Fundamentals of Emotional and Mental Health. And oh, sure. it was one of my favorite episodes. And uh, Julie's not a regular listener, but I told her about this episode. Mm. I said, I really want you to listen to this and give me some feedback about it. So she did. And she listened to it five times. She gave it to six or seven of her friends. Okay. They all listened to it four or five times. It was a really powerful, impactful episode for her and for these friends, which I thought it might be. And that's why I wanted her to listen to it. Totally. But one of the guys who listened to it, they had coffee together later, and he said, man, I'm, I am i got to tell you, this is really cool to me. And she said, what? He said, well, my mom's died, and uh, I have one voicemail from her on my phone uh, that I will never erase because I, I can hear her voice. Right. And he said, you have an entire archive of your dad's podcast. She said, stop right there. You've told my, this story. She said, my dad is <laughs> not going to die. I have told the story. Yeah. yeah. I keep going. It's good. <laughs> it's, but it, what's cool is 
what I think what I think family members do appreciate is there is this digital archive, right? And there's uh, conversations we can keep having. You were talking before we started recording that sometimes you're listening to this, and because it's your dad and your brother, right. you start talking back to us <laughs> and forgetting it's a podcast. Uh, high five to the quality of the podcast. Because it sounds like I'm on a phone call with you guys. The quality's perfect. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what advice each of you are going to give at least one piece of advice to siblings who live scattered across the country or across a region? Um, what, what you think is working well, what you think you wish you'd done different or better, or one piece of advice on, on making your family a priority. My thing is... If you get, if you feel disconnected, uh, if you feel awkward or uncomfortable for any reason, you work through that and you punch through that because it's too big a loss if you don't. I regret it. I'm just now getting it back. So that's my thing. My while you guys think of your advice, mm-hmm. mine is uh, don't let awkward, weird, uh, baggage, anything else, work it out. Keep leaning in. The tendency is fight or flight. So don't fight. Don't flight. Breathe deep, make a intentional effort to heal wounds, to stay connected, because you will absolutely regret it if you don't. That's my that's my thing. Well, what okay. do you guys think? Tim, you got it or should I go? Um, I was going to just, I mean, that you literally said exactly what I wanted to. That was, the, I had a, a small falling out with one of my siblings, um, and Obviously, the odds are that it's a woman, so her and I worked it out. <laughs> if it's not this guy sitting right here, right. Right, then it's yeah. a female, yeah. Um, we didn't work it out like you would traditionally work something out with someone. You, we didn't, we didn't live in the same state. We didn't make phone calls. It was on one of these awesome trips that was facilitated by the family at large that we have to talk to each other. Yeah. And it obviously forced me into a situation where we mended these wounds, but... Man, it it became so easy. You always blow things out of proportion in your head. Yeah. If you have a problem with one of your siblings, yeah. you always blow it out in your head that this is going to go terribly wrong. Things are going to be thrown against the wall. It's going to be awful. When you get there, both of you already already you already thought that. And you both want it to be fixed. Exactly. And you don't want that to happen. So when you actually do finally speak, it actually works itself out really well, especially if you're open. I mean, if if you got a real problem, that's different. But if you're open-minded and our family is just, I don't know, it just tends to work. It's, it's really smooth. Now, you for you, that happened face-to-face. Yeah. So you think that would be the thing to do is make an intentional effort to get face-to-face well, if, if that's the case? If you can't, at the very least, um, make a phone call. Or just, a video chat. Or a video, Facial expression video is so big. They are big. Saying something, especially don't text, because texting you can read it 10,000 uh, different ways. Yeah. Definitely don't text. Just a phone call at the very least, and the best is just to get on a video call. All those programs are extremely yeah. available at this point. Uh, okay, John, your turn. Uh, advice or feedback about staying connected with siblings? Well, I was going to say we've been fortunate that there's not a ton of uh, trauma or hurt between siblings. There's there's a fair share, but not enough where it's like no one's disowned anybody, mm-hmm. you know, at least not, not explicitly verbally. Yeah. Uh, so that has been helpful. But uh, I would say uh, for advice, the intentionality that I mentioned earlier is really uh, the the core of it. So making it a priority, making it something that you like the word of the day that you do every single day. That doesn't have to be that, you know, um, frequent, but right. something a commitment like that. Um, so more like traditions and establishing something that is a rhythm or a pattern 
that gives people a reason to lean in. Yeah, well, especially when you're spread out this way because you don't have the uh, the casual the traffic in- pattern. Trap, exactly, yeah. you don't have the casual interactions anymore. You have to make it purposeful. Um, so, so, so yeah, that intentionality, I guess, would just be would be what I would emphasize for families who are spread out like that. So, give me one wish each, and then I'm going to give. I want to talk to family members about an idea. So, uh, what is one wish, Tim? You have. In, about you and your family of origin, not a wish that is. Let's all go get sixty acres and live in the same spot. <laughs> I was going to say, cause yeah, that, that's not an easy not one. that. But other than that, is there is there a boy? I wish we would, or I wish we would more, or anything like that. Is there something that comes to your mind? Well, you can cure a lot of connectivity problems with a lot of money. Like if we had a private jet, I could see you anytime I want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's not the world we live in. Yeah. So really, what I would say is, what I've been doing is I've been putting money aside. Since I started, since I had a kid, it's been just abundantly clear that I need to see my family more. Yeah. And so I've been, you know, socking money away for basically see my family fund. Mm -hmm. And that goes also for my wife's family. Yeah. So that fund is also for her as well. Right, right. And so we just sock money away. And when the time comes, like this this next month, we're flying to Aspen to be with her family. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm lucky enough that we have the savings to do that. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just because we've been putting little bits away and that would be my, if you really want to see your family, you have to make a, a fiscal effort to do it. Yeah. You, you can't do. just think about it and it's going to happen. You have to do it. Good. T- John, uh, if I had a wish, it might be something more like, uh, the long zoom sessions. We had, we had one or two of those over the beginning of quarantine when everyone was kind of like right. really thinking of how to still see people in quarantine. But as it got normalized, we didn't, we had Marco Polo that was just again, amazing. Uh, but maybe it'd be fun just around like a dinner time once a month. To Have family like, dinner. Yeah, exactly. Like Man, that would be Zoom cool. Call. I would love that. That's a great idea. And but we could can't... say it's Mexican night. So everybody's making sure. Mexican dishes. And we get on Zoom and we eat our meal together. And, yeah. and, have, and that's a great idea. Is it John. okay to yeah. say the word lazy, Susan? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like with a roundabout in the middle of the yeah. table. Yeah. <laughs> we had that huge table. When oh, we were still do. Up. Yeah. Okay, so you stick that camera on the lazy Susan. And, and just spin it around. That, give that thing a push and just let people go around. Because you have a, a pretty good group of people. Yeah. And, and my kitchen and then, table is tiny, so it just flip it one way or the other. Yeah. The, yeah. yeah. I think that's a great idea. Do you have a wish? Uh, well, if, if I had a wish, it would be more consistent contact. So sure. sometimes those word of the days, there'll be a sibling. Because once you get behind... You got to watch a ton of videos to catch up. Oh yeah, and so that's the, the, one of the downers because uh, you know one time I had one of the siblings say, "Well, I'm 23 videos behind." Right. So then you have a tendency to blow it off. Yeah. So uh, maybe daily actually is not a good idea because you get piled behind. But my wish is more consistency. Yeah. Which I think we're moving toward that. So here's the last thing I want to say: if you're a parent uh, with, with your kids scattered around, or if you're a sibling and you want to be more connected to your siblings. So here's the thing. I'm on an airplane one time and the guy next to me is a talker. I'm not normally a talker on an airplane. You usually seem to bump into a lot of them. I do a lot of talkers. <laughs> and normally if I don't want to talk, I just find a way to tell him I'm a pastor and that usually shuts them up. They don't want to talk <laughs> anymore. Uh, nice. but this guy, he was talking and, and he, and he said, Oh, that's cool. I teach the marriage class at my church. So then he just kept going. Like, oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> but he's the one who gave me the idea of these family trips once a year because he said what he did is he told his family no gifts for any occasion ever. Because as the family gets bigger, you know, gifts are expensive. We got five kids. Now we got uh, in-laws. Now we got five grandbabies. You can break the bank on birthdays, Christmas. Yeah, simple math, you're over $1,000. Yeah, yeah, so... 
um, he said, what I told my family is, I'm not buying you gifts for anything. But every year, I will do this big trip, and all you got to do is get there. And yeah. it was like, man, I love this idea. Yeah. So Sue wouldn't let me say no gifts until this trip. <laughs> so now, starting right now, you know, we're doing no gifts. But this is how I want you to think about this. Think of a way to carve out some cash. The older you get, you get to these peak earning years, and you have higher income, lower uh, expenses, and you have the opportunity to do stuff like this. And I thank God for it. But if you don't have, uh, if you're not at peak earning years, or you have uh, income restrictions, find a way. You can you can go somewhere and camp out in tents. Mm-hmm. You can make it a shorter trip. You could do it at somebody's house rather than, you know. So it doesn't have to be elaborate. It doesn't have to be expensive. But it has to be tradition. And it could be less than once a year. You could do once every two years if it, if it, if your money was that tight. Yeah. Or, yeah. So my family reunion that I went to my whole life mm-hmm. was always Father's Day weekend. Yeah. My entire life, it still is. Father's Day weekend every year. So you knew. Father's Day weekend, I got to have some money to go to this reunion. And most people would camp. And it's this thing. So uh, I just want to encourage you, if you want to be more connected to your siblings, if you're a parent, you want to be more connected to your kids, your grandkids, whatever. I like this idea. No gifts for anybody. We're going to save all that gift money. And we're going to use that to get together physically and connect. Because nothing beats physical connection at the same space. Not even close. All right. Uh, Tim, thanks for being our guest today. My pleasure. Uh, do you have a joke or a story you'd like to tell? And we'll just put story time at the end of the episode. Uh, something you could tell that we don't have to edit or bleep or um, do something with. I don't. You have and a joke? I, I, not one that I'm willing to tell. <laughs> I was a, I am a professional automotive technician that specializes in performance and dyno tuning and, uh, basically calibrating cars. And I was trained by a sailor. So all the jokes I know are not appropriate. So I will be withholding those. All right. What about one story from this trip? Is there is there a moment so far on this trip I've that got, either one of you... I've got one. Okay, let's hear it. I beat my dad three times at Pup-Pup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you beat... In our family, if you beat dad at anything, you earned it because I don't give anybody an inch. Yeah. Uh, and the best part of beat me three times is I was trash-talking all three times. Yep. So that you put it right in my face. John, he was gotta, wearing heels the whole time, though. Yeah, so. yeah. So, uh, John, you got a, a moment from the trip so far that's a... Uh, one was, uh, Tina's son, Jameson had this stick that he was super, super fond of. Yeah. So Jameson and I went on a walk and yeah. I was trying to entertain him. So I said, Hey, this stick, we're going to go to the river later. We'll throw the stick in the river. So he was holding that stick. And so he leaves yeah. it on the patio and Tim just walks in, sees the stick on the patio where it shouldn't be and chucks it off the patio. <laughs> and Jameson's, <laughs> Jameson is three and a half. He's three and a half. <laughs> he's running up the stairs. He sees him do it, stops dead. His jaw falls open. He goes, what did you do? <laughs> and then they had to go down and find it, and they found it, and it worked out. But, yeah. Oh, my gosh. But the the shock was hilarious. De- I was a deer in the headlights. Yeah. I thought that I had done something terribly wrong. I thought I, like, yeah. did I hit him with something? Like, right. I thought maybe the stick ricocheted, hit him in yeah. the face. Yeah. What did you do? <laughs> oh, no. He has a deep affinity for this particular that piece particular of wood. That particular stick, yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, hey, we want to thank you for listening. You can, as always, uh, let us uh, talk to us. You can email us at info at jimandjohn.com. No H in the John. Mm-hmm. You can go to our Instagram, at uh, Jim and John. At Jim and John. At Jim and John. And you can uh, DM us there, comment on our weekly posts there. Uh, any way you can uh, contact us, which is uh, convenient for you, would be great. 
And in the bio of our Instagram, you'll find a link tree with all of our uh, blog, website. That'll take you everywhere. Yeah. And what we value most is tell a friend and give us episode ideas. If there's something you say, man, I wish these guys would talk about this, send it to us. We'll do an episode. We'll even credit you in the episode. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will talk to you next week. Thank you.